All right. If you have your, your Bibles, our scripture today is from Romans 15, 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This is God's word. Well, we are steaming into the end of Romans here. Three more weeks. Be 30 weeks of Romans. And uh, this morning, if you'll get your Bible open, we're going to look, walk through these verses, Romans 15, 1 through 7. And I want you to kind of hold in your mind as we look at this, this uh, verse 4. Whatever was written in former days, this is referring to, for them it would be the Old Testament, for us the Bible, God's Word, was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. So what I want to focus on as we think about these verses today is that I think Back then and today, this idea of, of despair, this idea of futility, why bother? What, what does anything really matter? I think it's epidemic now. Maybe it was then. Remember, this is written between the years like 65 and 66. Some of the, I think the Romans was written then. There was a guy named Nero who was the emperor. This was a bad time for Christians. Whatever we going, you know, pales in comparison to what they were going through. And Paul, we know the difficulties he had in his life of what he writes, and he's trying to give them hope that there's a reason, there's a purpose for you being alive. And really, the only reason that as Christians we can fight despair, because we can look around. I could give you 50 reasons to be depressed and despairing about our world, but there's one reason it trumps them all. And so as we look through this, I want you to keep verse 4 in mind about he's trying to move us from us any sense of despair to hope. Okay? So this section completes what he, we weeks ago. We've been talking about the unity of the body and all the different ways that Christians can not be unified and on the same page. And he kind of finishes that section. He uses the same kind of language. You notice that weak and strong that he used in 15.1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Let's remember this isn't talking about people who are like super Christians versus people who are weak in that way. Paul had liberty in non-essential areas. He could do things that others conscience. And so when he uses that language, weak is people who were still operating under either bondage to the Mosaic law or non-essentials. They had personal convictions. So he was saying, look, we who have freedom to do things have to really be those who are 
And that's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, is really being mindful of each other and giving each other grace to be different, to grow in areas that are non-essentials. So still in the same where he's finishing. And so I want to just three three points today. Good good sermon. Three points. And and we're going to talk about how is it that we can do that effectively. Because human trying, I don't have the patience for people who are different than I am. How do we do this? How do we do almost anything that's commanded of us in the Christian life? If you're really going to live like a Christian, you're really going to forgive people who have wronged you. You're going to air with people who drive you crazy, you're going to need a strength beyond yourself. You'll get tired. What does Paul say is the way we do this? To Anything in the Christian life. And look at what he says. Verse 3, For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. This is from the Psalms, and it's a section of the Psalms that... New Testament writers would point to earlier, the first part of that verse in the Psalm 69 was the zeal for your house has consumed me. And that was something the New Testament writers, when Jesus was casting out the money changers in the temple, they quoted that. Second for this verse, Paul quotes it, says that this verse is, is apparently referring to Jesus. And so first thing, when endeavoring to live the Christian life, the power flows out of looking at what Jesus has done. And the fact that Jesus has done enables you to have power to do something that in and of yourself you're going to get really tired doing. Let me give you a few verses that, that talk about this. Um, Ephesians 4.32 says, Forgive others just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So when you look, if you don't remember what you were forgiven of, because hopefully as we grow as Christians, we're, we're, we'll always sin, but hopefully... We're growing in grace so that we're not struggling with the same things we were years ago. Maybe maybe we are, but hopefully we're growing in that. But what we can't do is forget the struggle. Interesting thing, when they, they say when people win the lottery, a lot of money in the lottery, one of the things that comes is an immediate spurt of generosity. Makes sense, right? The moment... You know, if someone says your, your number comes up and you now have, let's just say, $50 million that you didn't have, this is when people turn around and leave a $1,000 tip on a table. Because the second before, they only had this, and now they have this. And there's this, they say there's this rush, it's called a rush of generosity. It only lasts a few days. Then you get normalized. And if the next month the market goes down or whatever it is, and you only have 49 million, you feel impoverished. It's an amazing phenomenon. You readjust. You know, like we laugh at that, right? They say it is typical across the board. People still feel blessed. They don't forget, but they don't have the rush of generosity except for the moment they remember of how blessed they were that they. People says every morning. His mercies are new on you. You can have a rush to remember to forgive if you remember that this morning you were forgiven. At the end of services, you know, I've, I've, I will sometimes say, you know, smile, you're far worse than you think you are, right? 
but the gospel's greater than you can imagine. And if we can remember that, then we could turn around and forgive someone who doesn't deserve it if you remember you were forgiven when you didn't deserve it. Another verse, Philippians 2, 3 of Philippians 2, 3 through 6, talks about how Jesus was humble in mind and heart. And though being in the very form of God, did not, what, regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. If we can look at Jesus and remember that, then we don't think we're owed. He said, I'm not owed. He was owed as God, and yet he laid down his life. So remembering that, reminding ourselves daily of what was ours in Christ. We pray every week, and in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us today what? Our daily bread. And yes, it's to meet our physical needs, but partly is today I need God's grace. Today, because I look to Jesus, and I know you have done it, Lord. You have the power to today I've received stuff I don't deserve, so I can give what I don't, what no one else deserves. Look with me, please. I'm going to skip down to the last verse Paul read, and then we're going to go back to the middle verses to finish. It's the second point. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. So again, going back to this idea of not despairing, but having hope, we look to Jesus, who had every reason to despair, who was crucified as a man perfect, and yet relied on God. We need each other. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Can I tell you, it is such an antidote to despair when someone you like, admire, you think the world of, welcomes you in and treats you with respect and with dignity and loves you in all your failings. That it's hard to be despairing when you're loved and welcomed and accepted. And keeping that in mind in our own lives, and I'll just use Sunday morning as an example, but this is just one hour of the week. Gospel. That Jesus Christ, when we were yet sinners, he was. I was writing down in preparation for this. Christ accepted me when I was full of doubts. When I was, my wrong thinking was, I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell you what I thought was right and wrong. I was flying upside down. And Jesus Christ accepted me exactly as I was, not saying, you got to clean yourself up, Tim. I mean, you know, you were a mess. You are, you know, I I, I could have listed all my failings and my flaws. And when I understood that Jesus accepted me, it completely changed my world. When um, the sinful patterns, it's like the smell of smoke or whatever that gets into your clothes. And I, I know in God's nostrils, I, I reeked. I came home a few weeks ago. It's a true story. I came home a few weeks ago. I hardly ever go into fast foods. Maybe Chick-fil-A once in a while, but rarely ever. Except, you know, just I just don't go into fast food restaurants. I walked in and I hugged my wife and she said, were you at a fast food restaurant today? 
I, wa- I had about 15 minutes before I was going to do like a pre-baptism meeting, and I needed somewhere just to uh, kind of get my mind straight. I, I walked in. I didn't even want anything. They don't sell like 50-cent apple pies anymore. They're like 250. I was like, I'm not paying that. I literally walked into the McDonald's, the one in Haymarket. I walked in there. I looked around. I spent about a minute in there, and I walked back out, and my wife could smell McDonald's on my clothes. Now, my wife super sniff. It's true. But the point is we reek of what we're around. It gets into us. And we smell of sin. And the problem is, is that often if Jesus had said, you stink, I can't be near you until you wash. I'd never have come to him. Too much shame. I couldn't wash myself. And you can't either. And If you've fallen, if you're a Christian, but you're walking in sin, you can't clean yourself up. But here's the good news. Christ welcomes you. You are welcome in his presence. You you are, God welcomes you. He loves you. No matter what. And then he turns around and he says, Christ, Paul says, Christ has welcomed you. So welcome one another also. You can welcome your family member, your spouse, your child, your parent who's sinning and who doesn't even think they're sinning. You can welcome them. That's not affirming them. It's a different thought. And you don't have to affirm, but you can welcome them. Without affirming, that's that's something that in our society is going to be a, a, a tipping point because for many people, you can't distinguish. Christians must distinguish. But we have to welcome and accept because of what Jesus has done for us. We can do no less. The word there that's used, it's some of your uh, translations in that verse 7. It says, welcome one another. Some of you will have accept one another. It's a difficult verb. The verb is uh, lambano, one of the most common verbs in, in the New Testament. And it's a variation of that verb. It means to take or receive a Your translation Receive aggressively one another. That just doesn't translate into English very well. Receive aggressively. But it's the idea, the, the same word is used, proslambano, this word is what Peter did when, when it says, Jesus said, I'm going to have to go die on the cross. And it says, Peter said, he took Jesus aside and said, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. It's that aggressive taking. And so he says, we need to be as aggressive in welcoming people to Christ and making the free offer of the gospel to everyone. And if people reject it, that's fine. That's on them. They they have to decide. But for us, we have to welcome as Christ has welcomed us. You are welcome. Kotori says that all the time. I love that. You are welcome, not just because we're a friendly bunch. I hope we are. But you're welcome because Jesus welcomed you and we can welcome each other. So the antidote to despair, remember what Jesus has done for you. Welcome others as you've been welcome in Christ. And then the third, we're going to go back to this middle section of this passage. For whatever was written, for again, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. See, without hope, 
live or go on or, or you just go through the motions. But if you have hope that there's something better, not only beyond this life, but in the you can live differently. And so we have to endure. This word endurance, he uses several times in this passage that he, he prays for them, the Roman Christian. Verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement, E&E, endurance, encouragement, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father. I love it when we sing together songs that everybody knows. One of the reasons I do, I'm trying to do songs often and repeat songs. Sometimes you know, maybe you think, well, we don't do enough new songs. I get that, but we want to sing. You know, We physically sing with one voice, and that's a sort of picture of us singing with one voice what we know, which is that Jesus Christ is the only answer. So this idea of endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures... This is how we keep from despair and move toward hope. Whatever was written that, that in the former days for our instruction that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 may be a familiar passage to you, but the same idea is picked up. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says... Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Why? We look to Jesus. It's the same. Paul didn't write Hebrews, but the idea is the same. Endurance is needed. We look to Jesus. You'll get weary You'll get tired. You'll get distracted if you don't look to Jesus or you'll give up without endurance. Here's the problem with endurance. Any of y'all, some of y'all run marathons and, and do things like that. It's tiring. I, I don't know if you know that or not, but when you run a long way, it's really tiring. I know some of y'all enjoy it. Some of y'all strange people, you enjoy doing that kind of stuff. But when I try to run more than about 70 yards, it, I get tired. And you know what my body's saying? Stop. And then after, you know, half a mile, it's saying, you better stop because it's starting to hurt. If you stop when it hurts, you won't go on. And inside, life hurts. There is pain, and sometimes you don't know where God is in the midst of it. You just, God, where are you? I don't, I don't see you in this. Don't give up. Endure. The very end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy, endurance is really the theme of 2 Timothy. Chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. Chapter 3, verse 14. Chapter 4, verse 7. He repeats this concept of endurance and he tells Timothy, you're going to have to keep going when it gets hard. Let me just give you a couple of thoughts on endurance. Three things that, have, that helped me to endure. If I believe rightly, it helps if you believe rightly. The encouragement of Scripture, it says, will help you endure. It'll tell you the truth about who you are, what life's like. The Bible's super honest about 
the difficulties. It doesn't sugarcoat them. But the treasure that Christ is. You will endure better if you believe rightly. You know, if you're sailing, and again, I don't sail. I use all these analogies, and I don't ever do these things because I'm terrified. But they, they really, they're good analogies. But if you sail, I hear, and you go in and you go into fog, if you're pointed the right direction, you'll come out getting the right direction. But you have to have something you can't see that keeps your boat pointed. This keeps your boat pointed right when life is foggy. And if you will keep the heading on the encouragement of Scripture and enduring toward Jesus, who's already gone before you, you will not only survive, you will thrive. Now, will it be every day? You will have tough days. But believe rightly, and you will endure. Second, and this, as I alluded to before, I know you'll want to quit sometimes. I know you'll just want to throw in the towel. I know you'll want to stop. Don't. Keep walking. Keep going the next day, even when you're tired. Here's the amazing truth. Your feelings will change. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be next week. I don't know if it'll be a month. But you're persevering in a relationship that you know you're called to, but it's difficult, and you just don't want to be around them. Keep going, and you'll be amazed at how your feelings will change if you set your course. Keep going toward what is right. If you keep doing, this is number three. I, I was a salesman for almost eight years at, right after college, and I am not a, a, I'm not a fantastic salesman, but I knew how to keep showing up every day and as pest. That's what they call it in sales. You're a pest. You just keep showing up with good information for people and they'll buy something just to get rid of you. Not, not really, but you end up, it's the perseverance that leads to success. And if you do the right thing, keep showing up in God's presence, even if you don't feel it. And you'll be amazed at how he will meet you. Keep doing the right thing. Keep coming. Endure. The fruit of enduring, Romans 15, 4 says, is hope. And you can do so much if you have hope. You will keep going if you think the dawn is coming. Because in the night, it doesn't sometimes seem like it'll ever get light again. Amazingly, it always does. Sometimes it takes longer than we wish. But the dawn will come. And then one day, when the Skies roll back like a scroll and we see the Lord face to face and we say, true. Oh, why wasn't I more faithful? Why did I think you weren't coming for me? Why did I think you weren't all that you said you were? Let's be faithful. Let's endure. Christ has accepted us. Let's accept each other. Let's pray with me, please. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it gives us hope. When in our situations at work, our families, relationships, even with ourselves, Lord, we beat ourselves up over who we're not. Lord, in all these things, we can be led to despair and the world will tell us that we're not enough and that somebody else is more talented or prettier or better or, Lord, we're not. And you look at us and say, you're mine. 
And I've accepted you. I've welcomed you. I've run to you. Your goodness just running after us. Lord, let us be able to run after others because we realize we've won the lottery a million times over because the king of the universe thinks we're special. Give us faith, Lord, for those who um, have dismissed all this as just myth and, and can hardly wait to, to leave it behind. Lord, would you run after and touch them and let them know, Lord, that despair is at the end of the road without Jesus. Before we close, I just want to take a minute, give you some time just to talk to the Lord. Anything, it doesn't have to be about the sermon or whatever, but would you take a minute? If you need to ask forgiveness, if you need to just talk to God, we're going to give a minute of, of quiet to do that before we close. If you don't know that Jesus has welcomed you, if you'd like to be welcomed into the arms of a living God, would you come and talk to me? There's a living hope available for anyone who would simply say yes to the offer of that. Just come and talk to me and you can be welcomed and your life can be changed. Let's stand together as we close in worship.